Hey everyone, welcome back to As We Go Podcast. I have another teammate um, joining me today, and I think you're really going to like him. We talk about sports, we talk about him growing up in small town Kansas, and I asked him a little bit about, um, yeah, just the unique work his family was involved in. So, take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody, I got a special guest on. His name is Bo. Uh, Bo, introduce yourself. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? How are you surviving the quarantine? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, today, it was nice just get outside for our COVID test, but yeah, I'm, it's, I think we're about halfway or we're getting close. Well, <laughs> I think we're 10 days out or something. Getting close. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just wanted to get right into it. So, Bo, where are you from originally? Yeah, so I grew up in a town called Scott City, Kansas. Um, It's way out west, about an hour from the Colorado border. Um, Yeah, it's a small town of about 3,500 people. Um, just one high school, one middle school, and elementary school. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I grew up and went to school. I lived there all 18 years until I went to college. How how many kids did you graduate with? Um, we had one of the bigger classes in our district, and we had 75 kids graduate in our class. Mm. I see. Yeah. Because I, I grew up in a town of, like, my graduating class was 55, so okay i think the class before us had like 40 or 45 they were like one of the smallest and we were one of the biggest so oh gotcha somewhere between there that makes sense um yeah was there like a like in my small town football was everything i was curious like was your hometown known for like a certain sport or activity yeah um we definitely I would say Scott City was just a sports town in general, whether that be football, whether that be basketball, whether that be wrestling. Um, Yeah, definitely a football town during football season, and then whenever basketball season came around, um, everybody was just like, yep, now it's time for basketball season, and so they supported that very, very well. And so I was blessed to grow up in a sports town that was so supportive of everything that we did. Yeah, so for me, it was mostly like... Our, at least my hometown, which is called St. Ansker, it was like you were good at football, and then everything else, you were pretty much garbage. But that was okay for me because I was pretty big into football. Um, but, like, for you, were you in all different sports, or was it, like, one predominant one? Yeah. Um, so in high school, I played football, basketball, and then I did tennis in the spring. Um that was a lot of fun playing tennis, uh, but yeah, football and basketball were the main two. Um, I would say my best sport at the time, the sport that I liked the most was definitely basketball. Um, during the seasons, I would play football, and during the season, I would play tennis. Um, but then during all the other seasons, I would play basketball as far as the summer and all that stuff. And so I spent a lot of time um, in gyms and across uh, the, the Midwest going to different basketball tournaments and AAU tournaments. Um, and so, yeah, uh, my uh, big main sport would probably, probably be basketball. Huh. I didn't... So you were in tennis. Yeah, and then I also played tennis. I love tennis. I only played it like a month and a half out of the year whenever the short tennis season was. Um, but I played doubles with a guy that was a year older than me. Um, and during my junior year and his senior year, we actually got third at state in doubles. Um, so that was really fun. Wow. That's really cool. I don't know a lot of, like, tennis people or who played tennis growing up, so that's pretty cool to find out. Um, Yeah, we – go ahead. I was going to say, um, so was most of your friend group through, uh, like, basketball and AAU stuff? Yeah, I would say it definitely, like, (laughs) depend on the season. Like, during football season, I was friends – I mean, I had a pretty good friend group throughout that was consistent 
but like during football season, I would kind of make friends with the wrestlers a little bit and we'd hang out and do stuff. And during basketball season, obviously the basketball guys would be spending a lot of time together. And so we'd hang out more. Um, yeah, but I had a really good group of friends in high school that we did a lot of fun stuff with. Okay. And, uh, like, what was your family like? Were you only child? I know you have an older sister, but, like, tell me a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, I have an older sister who is six years older than me um, and an older brother who is four years older than me. Um, so I was never in high school with either one of them. Um, and they, well, yeah, grew up in a Christian loving home. My parents, uh, we grew up in the church, kind of, I don't know if this is for a later question, but I'll just Go continue on. Um, yeah, grew up going to church. Um, our family really got along. Uh, I loved spending time with my brother and with my sister. Um yeah, it was just always a lot of fun. We liked to play games. We liked to just hang out around each other. Um, my brother and I would always go golfing together or hunting together, um, all that type of stuff. And my sister and I just kind of a very similar personality. And so we always enjoyed the time that we had growing up. I wonder if that's, I don't know if that's technically the whole time growing up, but definitely now. Um, we have a really great relationship. Maybe I'm not remembering right whenever I was 12 and she was still in, in the in the house but um yeah were they were your brother and sister were they big into sports was that like a family thing or yeah definitely my sister played uh volleyball and basketball and then ran track and my brother did uh, football basketball and ran track two years and baseball two years he actually had a really good group of kids uh his age they were a lot more successful than i was but they, from his sophomore year to his senior year, they won state back to back to back in basketball. Oh, man. And his senior year, um, they won the state football title as well. So they were, a, they had a really good group of kids. Wow. His age. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, what are your, like, parents like? Do they, are they both working or? Yeah. Um, so my dad owns a small road construction business, um, and my mom just is the kind of the accountant for that business. Um, I've worked for them for the past four or five summers. Um, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's not, not like, we're not doing like the stuff on the, like big on like the highways and stuff on like the side of the roads. Hmm. We're doing like city streets and county roads, um, just like sealing their streets. Um, and it's a lot of fun to go like do a little bit of manual labor during the summers in between the school years. Wow. So is your dad, he's like, uh, it's like his own business? Yeah. So he owns, his his dad started it, uh, I don't even know, probably when he was 10 or 15. My dad was 10 or 15 years old. Okay. Um, and then my dad just kind of took it over as my granddad got older. And so he's, yeah, the sole owner of it now. Uh, just a small crew, probably 15 or 16 guys on the crew um, throughout the year. So did he, so when he works with, um, like works within the cities or within a city, he's, um, like contracted out then to do that type of stuff? Yeah. So the cities, um, will like send out a bid bond and we'll have to bid on each job and we'll, we'll work all across Western Kansas and Western Nebraska, Eastern Colorado, um, Western Oklahoma and Texas. So we'll travel down there. And then however many days, depending on the size of the city, um, take two days, three days a week, um, just kind of sealing however, whatever they want us to do. Um, so we do that during the summers and then during the colder months, we'll do the crack sealing, which is kind of like that black spider web stuff that you'll see across the ground. I don't know if like over the cracks, mm-hmm. it may be different in Iowa, but yeah, so that's what we do during the cold and then during the summers. I'll have to explain it a little better sometime, but yeah. Yeah. So did you travel with him when he was like contracted out to those different areas or? So in high school, um, I didn't because we had had summer weights. And so we'd have to, and we have summer weights at 6am every morning. And so I couldn't like leave. Um, but they're all throughout college during the summers. I would come home and we'd, yeah, we would most of the time we'd commute back and forth unless it was like more than two hours away. So if we go down into Texas a little bit, we would um, have to keep getting a motel room and stay the night and stay how many days until we got the job done. Huh. That's interesting. I'm curious, like, for you, 
at least when I'm hearing that type of work, I'm just like, oh, I know what kind of manual labor that's like. That's like, you got a shovel in hand and you're like working in the beat, like the hot sun all morning or all day. Um, but you seem like you enjoyed it or like, what'd that look like yeah. for you? So I'm not, yeah, if it was just manual labor with a shovel in hand, I wouldn't have liked it. Um, but actually ours is all pretty much heavy equipment operation. And so um, I have my CDL and so I'll drive a dump truck or this big yellow machine called a chip spreader. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, unless you mess up, you don't do a whole lot of actual manual labor. Um, I've definitely had my fair share of mess ups. So, but shouldn't have to shovel much unless you do something wrong. Huh. I see. Well, I mean, that sounds like fun. If you're just running a big <laughs> machine all day. When did you get yeah. your um, CD, CDL? Yeah. So right after I turned 18 um, that summer, um, whenever I was working for my dad, I got my CDL. Yeah. So I'm able to drive like um, semi trucks and stuff like that. Huh. Were you like, do you ever drive semi trucks or is it just like big um like road repair equipment yeah so we like have to transport we have four or five dump trucks and a couple they're called oil distributors that are technically trucks that we have to drive and take places and then once we get there and we haul some of the other equipment that um, it only runs like 15 mile an hour so like the chip spreader and the packer um, we'll haul that down to the job site and then unload it so i'll be yeah usually i drive a dump truck in between places and then this past summer, I actually drove a dump truck all summer, but years before, I drove the chip spreader, which actually lays down the rock over the oil. Okay. <laughs> hmm. So, I mean, you seem like you are well-versed in, like, your dad's business. Like, you could show up anywhere on the job and know what you're doing. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I would hope so yeah i've spent three or four years with it and then all throughout i mean yeah i should be able to run just about everything um yeah all right i have uh one more question and then um i'll go on to the next set of questions but um have you ever seen the movie cars (laughs) yes how accurate is it the way lightning mcqueen paved a new road is that what you do Um, so that's like lay down like black like a nice um i don't know i'm not thinking of the right word um that's like you're tilling up the road and putting that down ours was a lot simpler and it's not that nice we just like lay down a short a small layer of oil and it's really sticky um and then we come over and put rock over the top of that oil and just kind of like seals the street up um, we're not we're not tearing it up and then placing down like a two inch mat or anything. Oh, uh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so that makes sense because you. It sounds like you work on a small scale. You're not doing like whole avenues or roads or yeah. anything. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to talk about um your family and like your church uh, background growing up. So you said you grew up in a Christian home. Like, was there? a Baptist church or what did it look like for you guys? Yeah. So yeah, I did grow up in a, a Baptist church, the first Baptist church of Scott city. Um, hmm. yeah, went to since church every Sunday. If we weren't out of town playing some type of sports. Um, but yeah, went to church every Sunday and Awana's every Wednesday. Um, up until I graduated, uh, high school, but I would say a big part of my faith actually came um, through this Christian sports camp that I went to during the summers called Canacuck. Um, hmm. And so I went there for 10 years, and I was a counselor one year when I was in college. Um, and it's just, yeah, a big, there's some incredible people there, some incredible um, biblical men that just know the Bible well and that know, like, how to push and, and pursue uh, high school and middle school age kids. And so, like, a lot of my big highs were, like, I felt most connected to God during my early childhood was definitely at that camp 
Um, and you kind of get on that camp high and you ride it and then you come back home and nobody else went to camp and they're all the same that they, all your friends you know are the same as they when you left and so you like think well it's going to be different this time and then you kind of fall back into that trap and get back into the everyday rhythm of life after that first couple weeks or months after you get back from camp but yeah mm. so uh, I had a friend that worked at Canacuck um, you said it's speci- like it's known for like as a sports camp specifically? Yeah, it's a Christian sports camp. Um, it's not, not like you're going there to like specialize and get a lot better at your sport, but like sports are our main emphasis. And so everybody's like outside playing, doing stuff all the time, more than like arts and crafts, I guess. Okay. I see. And was that in Kansas? Um, it's in Branson, Missouri, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, I mean, I worked as a camp counselor, and I didn't grow up going to camp, but I've heard a lot about, like, you know, kids go to camp all throughout uh, their childhood, and they're, like, dedicate their faith, like, seven different times after camp, or they're get, they get baptized, like, three or four times. Uh, I might be exaggerating, but do you feel like, just with camp, the nature of it, you're always just going to have a high, and then... Um, you know, back to normal when you come back. I don't know if there's... Yeah. Yeah. I would say a lot of stories are like that where... um, And, like, they have... This camp has actually tried to pursue out and, like, create um, places for their campers to go. Um, Like, throughout the school year, they're called K-Life. And so it's, like, a youth group ministry uh, all throughout. But it's mostly at the bigger cities like Kansas City, Dallas, um, Mm. Oklahoma City like those type of big cities. And so obviously we didn't have one of those out in small town, Western Kansas. Um, but yeah, if you don't have like somebody pouring into you um, day in and day out, it's definitely easy to lose that, that camp high that you have that experience where you feel super close to God. Then you come back and you're like, well, I know God's still there, but I don't really feel him like I did when I was at camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Cause I know for a lot of kids, they go to camp and that's like, the only exposure they have to like adults and other kids or other people who are interested in Christ and like faith and stuff like that. And then they go home and there's just like kaput, absolutely nothing. So, yeah. Um, so you would say like most of your faith grew or was influenced by like this place at Kanakuk. Yeah. I would say I took like the biggest strides in my faith. Um, during those first 18 years uh, at Kanakuk. And then um, I would come home and I like always knew, yeah, I would always say that I always knew the right answers as far as the the Christian Sunday school answer, Um, but I wasn't living a life that reflected the gospel at all. Um, Yeah, especially during high school. Gotcha. So when did you, um, and maybe this gets into college a little bit, I don't know, but like when did you get baptized? Yeah, so I actually got baptized um, when I was seven years old. Uh, and uh, yeah, I would always say that I, like, I believe that Jesus died on the cross um, to save me from my sins and rose again in three days and defeated death. Um, and I always would say that, and I definitely believe that always to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but that never really impacted my life until um, yeah, my sophomore year of college. Okay. Yeah, so you let's get into college then a little bit. Um, tell me, where did you... I mean, I know you went to Kansas, but like... You went to Kansas. Uh, what did you study there? And, like, what did you think of college right off the bat? Yeah, so I actually, um, so I'm, I majored in accounting um, at KU, um, University of Kansas. And um, I joined a fraternity my freshman year. I'm um, the same fraternity that my brother was in. So that's definitely um, an interesting experience. Mm. Um, there, there's a lot of pros and cons to Greek life. Um, I would say, yeah there's goods and bads to everything you just have to find your friends and your community regardless of where you're at um and so you can do that in the dorms you can do that in greek life you can do that in an apartment um mm. but I, I'm, I'm an advocate for greek life in the sense that it gets you connected to the university um and like you're always connected and you have a little bit of accountability um, with the guys and like as far as academics and you always have a good intramural sports team that you can gather up um and so there's a lot of pros um, and then the cons, the Greek life gets a lot of hate and 
um, stuff, but and they're, they're, they definitely deserve some of it. Mm-hmm. But some of it's just kind of far-fetched. So there's pros and cons everywhere. Sure. So did you intentionally, like, you knew you were going to join your brother's fraternity once you got to Kansas? Yeah, so I don't know if it how if it's different everywhere, but at KU for the men, um, it's an informal rush process, and so you actually rush during your spring semester of your, your uh, senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And so going into uh, my freshman year, like I knew that I was going to be living in the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So you chose accounting. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about like why you chose accounting, because. All I know is you just work with a lot of numbers. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my mom's the accountant for our business that I talked about, my dad's business that I talked about earlier. Um, and my brother was an accountant um, and went through the accounting curriculum at KU um, right before me. And so I came in and knew that I liked numbers and liked math and liked working with numbers. And I was like, well, I'll declare a major as accounting. And we started the curriculum and my first accounting professor was really good. Um, wrote, wrote his own textbook and was super easy to read. And it was, yeah, he was an, an incredible professor. I was like, well, this is super interesting, I think. Um, yeah, and all throughout my uh, college education, I actually really enjoyed the cur- accounting curriculum mm-hmm. um, and learning all that stuff and all about it. But I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to uh, become a certified public accountant and work in the public accounting sector after I graduated. How come? Um, it's just, I, my brother actually went into it, um, for about a year, um, worked for KPMG, one of the big four accounting firms. Um, and it was just not fun. You worked during the busy season, you work 80 hours a week. Um, like you're just kind of getting cranked <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it just wasn't, then it seemed super appealing to me as I was watching him go through that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then this kind of opportunity that we'll probably not talk about a little bit later, but just my heart, I feel like I was being called to other things um, mm-hmm. rather than the normal eight to five job. Gotcha. What does your brother not do anything accounting now? So he actually uh, moved back home to help my dad um, and kind of manage the business ish. And he'll probably slowly start kind of taking over more of an ownership role as time goes on. Uh-huh. I see, I see. Um, well, cool. What, like, I guess, like, what specifically within accounting, um, is it, like, helping people that you really like, or just the logical processes behind, um, yeah. like, punching I, numbers? Yeah, not necessarily the helping people. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> not that I don't like helping people, um, but, uh, yeah, just the numbers and how, um, I think fraud was super interesting to me and just how people like can commit fraud and hide it. Um, and there's like the big, in one of our classes, we had to read about the big Enron scandal. Um, I didn't really know anything about it, but it was just like this big company like in 2001 that seemed like it was doing everything right and was on top of the world, kind of like a Tesla or an Apple today. Um, but they were like just faking all of their numbers and like lying to all their investors. And then it eventually all came out. Um, and they kind of crumbled to the ground and the accountants got fired and the firm that was auditing them kind of got cranked and disassembled. Um, and so like that, just stuff like that was super interesting to me, like how people have tried to hide money. Um, yeah, fraud is everywhere, even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fraud is everywhere. And so just trying to learn and how to like prevent stuff like that, um, is really cool. I thought anyways, um, Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, like, wasn't Enron, isn't most, like, fraud stuff just a bunch of, like, money laundering stuff to, like, fudge your numbers? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it is basically just writing down different numbers, but it's a, a lot more complex than that and where you hide your numbers and what you say you're doing. And they, like, made up their own form of accounting um, where they could, like, kind of do what they wanted. Um, and it's just, like, you have to be super smart to be able to figure it out and like have a lot of years of experience in order to do it. But then, yeah, really smart people are really smart for a reason and they know how to like figure all that stuff out. Um, you can get away with yeah. it. Huh. Interesting. So like, I know there's like a lot of movies out there that are like in that. Are you someone who'd watch a movie about like money laundering or fraud and find it super interesting or not so much? 
yeah i definitely find it interesting um and just like knowing a little bit more of the technicalities and like how actually it all actually works with um just different types of accounting terms um, would is interesting I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I know there's a lot of movies out there like that or just like a lot of things out there. But to me, I'm like, uh, maybe not my first choice in a movie, but that's okay. Yeah. Movies like The Big Short where like they're shorting the housing crisis and stuff like that. Those are, I think those are really interesting. Mm. Does that have uh, Steve Carell in it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd like... I'd, I've heard of it. I don't know if I'll ever see it, but time will tell. Um, so you were in KU and Salt Company was just planting, you said, I think your sophomore year or something. Um, yeah. What was, what was your faith like in college and like what was it before Salt and how, um, how did things change when uh, the church plant came? Yeah, so um, all throughout my freshman year of college, uh, Salt hadn't came down yet. Um, and so I was kind of like bouncing around from church to church. Um, and I tried out a couple different student ministries, but I didn't really feel like any of them were great. And this was probably just my immaturity as a Christian. Um, I was like, well, that's not for me, that's not for me. And so I just eventually stopped going to church um, during my freshman year. I, like, I didn't really find a great one and like didn't have a lot of people to go with me. I was like, this is just kind of... Um, and so I just, and it was easier not to go. And so I just didn't go. Um, had nobody telling me or checking up on me. Um, and so it was just easy to skip. Um, but then during uh, spring break of, or I guess it well, wasn't our spring break yet, but uh, Salt had a spring break trip down to KU. Um, and a kid that I had gone to the camp with in Kanakuk, um had gone back to work. He was a year older than me. And he had a co-counselor named Thomas Butler um, and he uh, was a student at Iowa State. He was coming down to plant um, that next year with the church plant from Iowa. Um, and so that's how I kind of got connected. I got connected to my buddy Caleb, who was co-counsel with Thomas, and Caleb invited me to this uh, spring break kickoff service. So I went to that and listened to the service and kind of talked. I don't really remember how many people were there. Probably, probably like 20 people from KU and like 50 people from <laughs> Iowa and Iowa State. Um but yeah, I just got to listen to Caleb Thompson speak and Dana played uh, worship and he was incredible. Um, and I just kind of talked to Caleb afterwards and he asked me if I would be able to um, just interview and like just have a conversation with him uh, the next day. So the next day him and Earl actually, Earl with them mm. was our resident. Um, they came and like kind of interviewed me and like asked me some questions. Um, and <laughs> eventually at the end of that asked me if I would be a leader the next year. Whoa. Um, like at the spring break thing yeah oh my I gosh i can't remember if the the interview was the next day or maybe it was like the next week or, or two weeks whenever they came back down hmm. um but they yeah knew, but i had like a or, go ahead they knew like you had you were like a christian you had background in like a bible believing church and stuff like that yeah, okay. I, I definitely knew the right answers. Um, up at this point in time, I was definitely not living a, a gospel-filled, obedient life to Christ, but I definitely knew the right answers um, mm -hmm. with my background going to church and all that stuff. And so they they were kind of seeking for, they, like, they had to have student leaders in order to lead connection groups. Um, and so I actually became a leader, and then I had a couple other buddies that I invited. Um, the next time they came down and they asked them to be leaders, um, who I don't want to classify people's readiness, but they were probably less qualified than I was as far as they didn't really have the background going to church um, and didn't have, yeah, and we didn't do much that freshman year. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. But I mean, for a church plant, you just, and I'm sure we'll encounter this sometime too, you, you get what you get, you have what you have, and you just got to move forward with what you have, and God does the rest. Yeah. Yeah, and our leadership team, I don't know what we started with. We started with like 16 or 17, and we definitely shrank before we grew. People didn't really know what they were getting into, and so we shrank down to probably like 12 or 13 student leaders that first semester. And then since then, yeah, we've definitely grown. Huh. Um, 
were they just like were people backing out because they're like whoa i have to like be a spiritual leader i don't know if i have my stuff together even or yeah um there was kind of growing pains on both ends um the staff didn't really know it's just different with a small ministry obviously coming from iowa state where there's 1500 kids um and like the leaders know what they're getting into and like you know what is expected of them and so the the staff kind of came down expecting us to be as involved as maybe iowa state student leaders Um, and so they asked a lot out of us that first couple two or three weeks as far as um, inviting people in to salt and then being there and then having gospel conversations gospel follow-ups afterwards um and like we just didn't really know what we were doing and some people were like well i don't <laughs> i have a little bit of time but i don't have a lot of time mm-hmm. and so they're like this is probably too much for me like i already have some other bible studies that i'm doing uh, and then just a couple difference uh, in opinions and in, in theology um right whenever we they came down they like wanted all their student leaders to be um, either baptized during the baptism process and some people were baptized as infants and mm. um, so that created a whole kind of fiasco for a couple weeks and months and so a couple people dropped because of that wow um, yeah so i see and what was uh leadership like for you with salt um like were you yeah what were you what was your first like reaction to it and what did you think of it going forward yeah um once again my sophomore year i was kind of an immature uh, believer um but salt and the the staff and like my d groups and connection group were just kind of refining me um week in and week out and just growing me and discipling me um caleb thompson was my d group leader and so that was just awesome to get to um, learn under him and just kind of like Uh, Thomas Butler was actually my co- C group co-leader um, and he kind of led the whole thing and I just showed up every week um, and just kind of listened and had a couple uh, things to input um, but yeah it was it was good and then I would say like the turning point was really that SALT conference my sophomore um, year which would be the 2019 maybe 2019 2020 yeah 2019 SALT conference probably mm. um And that's when I was like, yeah, like, I want my life to be different. Like, I don't want to keep going through the motions like I had the last 19 years. I want um, my life to be marked by a follower of Christ. Um, yeah, so that was probably the big turning point in my actual relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Um, and from there, like, did you continue, like, leading a C group until you graduated? I mean covid disrupted a lot of things but yeah yeah i led a c group my sophomore year junior year and then i graduated that semester my senior year so i led it this past semester until i graduated and came over to thailand mm. uh did you like leading c group um depends yeah I, there were some aspects that i really liked um all throughout my junior year Um, we were trying to like reach guys in, in our fraternity in our house. Um, and it, I don't know, it was, it was a hard year just because, um, we knew that some people were interested and that they even knew the truth and they could repeat the gospel to us, but they just weren't living it out in their lives. And so like the, the lack of commitment from some of them was really hard to watch. Like you want something for somebody so bad, uh, but they don't want it for themselves. And so it's like, dang, like, I wish I could force you to believe this because it's, the greatest thing that could ever happen to you, but like you're choosing to do all these other things that just don't give you life. Um, so that, that was definitely a hard year um, mm-hmm. of just trying to seek after those guys and not seeing much fruits of my labor. Um, but yeah, there was some, also, also some really awesome conversations throughout there where some people like truly figured out what the gospel was. And like, yeah, well, like I said, could reiterate it back to me and would have some better like, things to say than i would as a leader mm. yeah i think from my experience as a c-group leader you kind of get a grab bag of like some people are really into it and then you have people who know the answers they come every week um but that like conviction or that like i'm willing to carry like my faith in my day-to-day like just isn't on the forefront as others so yeah but you make do um cool yeah
So let's talk a little bit more about sports. There's a couple more things I want to pick your brain uh, about. Um, do you like watching sports? And if so, like, which ones? Yeah, uh, I'm still a really big sports fan. Uh, I like everything to do with football and basketball still. And, I mean, even every other thing. So I like watching golf. I like watching tennis. I like watching baseball. Um, basically any sport I like watching. Um, anything that has to do with KU. Uh, I love watching KU basketball. I actually enjoy watching KU football, even though we're terrible. Um, it's like I went, I went to all the home games um, all throughout college. You and uh, three others. <laughs> Yeah, I would sit at the 50-yard line, like 15 rows up, perfect seats every week um, uh, with, like, 40 other students in the crowd. But It's like, well, actually, you guys got um, less miles as a football coach. Yeah. He's supposed to turn things around. Yeah, we thought so. We thought he was coming in and was going to bring in some big names and he kind of did. My junior year was his first year, and he was like, we were getting excited. Like, we're getting some big-time recruits. We got some new coaching staff. And then this year was just an absolute, uh, oh, my gosh, it was bad. It was so bad. Week in and week out, like, just disappointment for how bad we were. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with KU football, but it doesn't look great in the next couple years anyways. See, we were exactly like KU, and then we got Matt Campbell, and – I don't think he's had a season where we haven't won, like, five or six games or less, um, which is, yep. like, saying something for Iowa State football in decades past. So you need some of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. like, tell me a little bit, like, why do you think you like watching sports? Or, like, what is it about sports that you're like, this just makes sense or whatever? Yeah, that's a great question. Probably the competitiveness. Um, I like watching, especially like in the professional, I like watching people who are really good. So like I'm a LeBron fan, so wherever LeBron goes, I become a fan of that team. Um, I'm a Chiefs fan right now. I mean, I've always been a Chiefs fan, um, but I'm also like a Tom Brady fan just because he's so good at his craft and what he does. Um, and so just like the people that are really good, I love watching the greats do it and just like the amount of time that they put in um, to get that good, it's just really cool for me to watch. Like tennis, I loved watching Federer. I loved watching Tiger when he was good. Um, when Jordan Spieth had his run and in golf, that was really fun to watch. Um, hmm. See, yeah. I like that kind of frustrates me because I'm like, no, there's like bad guys in sports. Like Tom Brady is the bad guy, or uh, Bill Belichick is the <laughs> bad guy. Uh, Alabama football, those are the bad guys. But you seem like you don't have that philosophy. Yeah, I think I just more respect the people that are really good. Uh, yeah, like Nick Saban, like what he's done at Alabama is incredible. Like he gets a lot of hate. Like it's it's lonely at the top. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just awesome, the people that are so good at what they do and how they do it year in and year out. Um, I think that's really cool to watch. Huh. Okay, I can, I guess I can kind of get behind that, but maybe not so much. <laughs> I could pick you, I could pick your brain on it on another day, but um, for you personally, what was like, this could have been in high school, but like, what was your best sports perform performance of all time? Oh, shoot. Aye, aye, aye. It's hard to think of a really good one. I'll start with a really bad one, and then we'll move on to a really good one. <laughs> My junior year, we were in the state football playoffs, um, and I actually ended up throwing five picks in one game. Um, you were the quarterback. I can, I can, uh, yeah, I was a quarterback. Oh, um, okay. I can defend three of those interceptions, uh, but like I think two out of my first three passes were interceptions, um, and they they were they were really bad. But then the next three um, were all I, I can justify them. I'll justify them later. Um, but yeah, I did end up throwing five picks in a game, and we lost the the game. But um, so that's my that's one of my worst statistical performances. Wow. Um, I don't know my best one. Uh, my sophomore year, I started on the state basketball team, and we went one state uh, that year. 
<laughs> I guess I don't know why I only scored like eight or nine points a game uh, averaged but uh, all throughout the state tournament the three games um, I, I didn't end up missing a shot and had like a couple different crazy shots at like like halftime buzzer meter that like I just checked up from the three-point line that shouldn't have gone in um, so that was really cool wow and I mean yeah I had a couple I only had one game where I actually got a dunk because I'm not as athletic as I should be um, you can dunk though that game was <laughs> I mean yeah I'm six I'm six three six four and so I should be able to dunk easier than I can well but. I mean I know a lot of people who are about your height and like they just don't have it like they can't jump or whatever but yeah I mean with sports being such a big part of my life you'd think I'd be able to dunk a little bit easier being 6'3 but yeah I got a dunk one game and scored like 25 or 30 points Um, so that was probably one of my better statistical games in high school it must have been like a breakaway like you stole it or like you were on your own I think I was like we were kind of pressing them um uh, it's on my Instagram, so if you really want to go oh. watch it, you can find it. Um, but uh, one of my buddies on the team, I think I kind of picked this guy or intercepted a pass, and I just took off. I was saying at like kind of the half court um, mark, and he just threw a ball up to me, and I just had kind of a breakaway and was able to to dunk it. It was, yeah, nice. it was fun. I bet it felt great. <laughs> yeah, to finally get one, it did feel good. Uh, so like my best sports performance, you're probably going to laugh, but it's actually true. Um, so I had to, I was a sophomore and, um, I had to dress for the freshman games, not because I was bad. I was actually a star for the JV team, but the freshmen didn't have like enough to fill a roster for their freshman games. Well, their running back got hurt with like six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter and we were down uh like eight points or something i went in there i like immediately took the punt return almost to like the end zone scored on the next play scored the two-point conversion um and then we got the ball back after i like tackled i think it was like a big third down stop and i got the tackle and then they punted us to it again. We go down. I score another touchdown to take the lead. And then they get the ball back. And they're trying to, like, air it out, like, pass it downfield, um, get another touchdown. And I intercept the ball to end the game. And That's incredible. I felt bad because, like, I'm like, oh, these are a bunch of freshmen. And I just, like, <laughs> stole the game. But it also felt, yeah. like, kind of fun. Yeah, that's fun. Um, as far as like this might be my last actually no I want this to be my last question in terms of sports but like do you think there'll be sports in heaven my wife laughs in the uh, <laughs> that's a great background question. <laughs> um, yeah I don't know the answer to that question but I, I really hope so it's hard because like in sports it seems like there's always a winner and a loser um, and so I feel like there's not going to be like nothing bad's going to be in heaven. And so like nobody's going to feel bad because they lost. So on that everyone, aspect, I would say like everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a participation a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know about that, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I hope so. I hope there's some type of sport or athletic thing because I love them. I love playing sports. Okay. I... I don't know if there'll be sports in heaven, but I have to think maybe some form of it would be around. Yeah. Um, all right, I have a like a missiological question for you. If Jesus was playing pickup basketball with the people he was ministering to, would he lose on purpose? Or like, not on purpose, but he's like, I'm not going to you know, dunk on all these fools. I'm just going to, like, you know, die to myself. <laughs> yeah. What do you play? Conservative. Like the Rajon Rondo. Like, uh, more of an assist guy. Like, 
does does the dirty not the dirty stuff but the hard stuff that doesn't get seen yeah um and just doesn't ask for the for the respect like the highlight reel he's more of the the guy throwing up the pass Dwayne Wade throwing up the pass to LeBron that type of stuff <laughs> I, I could tell you've thought of this maybe a little bit um <laughs> I did it actually before <laughs> uh would Jesus steal the ball? Yeah, I think he would. <laughs> like if they're, they're throwing a pass, and like, and like you just got to be better than that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so why do you feel like God created sports? Oh, man. That's a great question. I don't know if I read through all the questions beforehand Mm. Um, mm. wow I don't know created them for us I don't know I feel like in some people like you can kind of see their true colors when they start playing sports and they start getting competitive Um, and so just seeing what oh I don't even sports come out and I I guess as far as he like gives good gifts and so people that enjoy playing sports, he like love people get to enjoy the stuff that he creates. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people enjoy sports, but then they also become high. Yeah, idols for sure. So rumor has it is that you're a Enneagram 8. Is that true? Yeah, I think it is. And for those of you who don't know, Enneagram 8 is the challenger, which all the challengers I know are, like, super gritty, controversial, and, like, they will drop bombs in social settings. <laughs> is that how you describe yourself? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say so. I would say I am super opinionated, opinionated. I don't know why I said that so bad, but sure. on the things that like I'm super passionate about, as far as like sports wise, like I think LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, so like I can get pretty heated about that type of stuff, and about like anything that has to do with like the gospel and like what I think mm-hmm. is like a tier one thing for like all Christians. I'm like I can get pretty heated up about and kind of have. I don't know if they're harsh words, um, but I feel like it's just the, like the truth. Like I really like the truth, then mm-hmm. I will stick to the truth, um, even if that's harsh sometimes. So maybe that I can see myself being a challenger in that way. Um, but just on like the everyday thing, like I'm not gonna have a super big opinion about all this stuff. Um, maybe that's just the way that like I grew up and some of the coaches that I had kind of instilled that in me, um, just to be respectful um, more. But so. Uh, yeah, uh, it depends on the situation and the conversation topic on how intense I get. Hmm. So in an example, would you have no problem calling out someone who's in sin? Um, yeah, I don't know. It depends on the sin and depends on what they're doing. Um, uh, yeah, one of as I got pretty strong convictions on like alcohol and from hmm. living in the fraternity and doing stuff like that. And so I'm always super cautious around it. Um, and some of people that like claim to be Christians that like go out and drink and have five, six, seven, eight beers a night, mm-hmm. like that, that bothers me and that kind of irks me. And so I definitely don't have a problem coming up like, man, I don't think you should be doing that. Like, I think that's very sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, like nothing good happens after your, your third beer in, in an hour. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So like stuff like that, I can definitely get, excited i don't know what the word is yeah huh so are you like particular on like specific doctrines too like you'll fight over those um so i guess i mean it kind of came up already but like something like infant baptism do you like (laughs) get excited about that idea or yeah um i don't like necessarily just love to argue um, but i do like the truth to be known and like i want Mm. to have correct theology yeah um and a lot of my theology has like just been passed down from people that like i read about um so like david platt john piper um just those type of people um tim keller 
like that's where I feel like I get most of my theology. And then if like I ever have questions, I'll ask my sister and brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is a pastor. Back home, I didn't really talk about them or their family. Um, but they met at the Kinnecook Institute, which is like a year-long uh, intensive Bible study after you graduate college. Um, and so they both have really good theologies and just knowledge of the Bible. So that's where a lot of my like theology comes from, is from them and from other people. Um, and so like I, I do want to know the truth. And so like if there is a true statement, like I, I feel like there is the right answer to baptism and uh, a believer's baptism. Mm. Uh, but it's not going to like it's not going to disqualify you from heaven, you know. So there's there's primary, secondary, and tertiary issues, and like it, you can kind of get stuck in the mud on what's super important and what's not. Um, but yeah. So you're willing to like go to bat on like primary issues, yeah, which would absolutely. be be like the resurrection, uh, like you know yeah. stuff like that, and, and then, then yeah, I had a one of my professors this past year um, was a statistics professor, and he uh, is a lawyer. He's his doctorate in statistics, but he was a devout Roman Catholic, um, mm. and so I had a couple conversations with him outside of class this past semester just about like Catholicism and what they believe. And I never really got super straight answers from him, but just a couple of instances talking about like how we're saved, like go to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Um, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your undoing, it is a gift of God, yeah. um, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Um, and so like I asked him about that, because Catholics, I don't know a whole lot about Catholicism, but just this past semester I kind of researched it to try to find um, I don't know if they all believe this or what, but they kind of believe in the works and like your works are actually what save you. Um, mm-hmm. Like we are created for good works, but we're not, the works aren't what save us. Yeah. And so there's some different doctrines like that. Um, I do like knowing the truth. And if it's like a issue about like, well, I think I'm saved by grace through faith is nothing that I've done. Um, and they say, well, it's actually, we have to earn our, our, earn our faith and earn our, right into heaven I'm like well that's just not true it kind of defeats the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross yeah <clears throat> yeah that's that'd be something worth going to bat for like any d- given day um yeah so do you like controversy cause I feel like like did you read the book or how did you land on like oh I must be an eight or something um, I never read the book. I, uh, my sister like was into it oh, before I was, and she was like, like, try out these different scenarios and like have these different numbers would react. She was like, I think you're a certain one, but like, tell me which one you are. And she was like, I think you're an eight. And so then I like always, I would almost always choose the eight answer. And, like, I took a couple like small tests online, um, and I think they pointed me out as like an eight. Um, and so I just like, yeah, and everything where you see like a list of all nine or ten numbers how many there are mm-hmm. um, I'll like almost always choose the eight response to a s- scenario mm. that's fair because I, I mean I feel like you and I have a lot in common in terms of like we're very particular or I feel like accounting I'm a one by the way um, okay. I know a lot of accountants are ones because everything must like be perfect like logic makes sense um there's order there's organization and stuff like that and so that's where i'm like well i mean maybe you're an eight but i'm like maybe you're a one i don't know i think i become an eight the more that you like get to know me the more time that i spend around you okay Uh, like once i've spent yeah two three four years around somebody like we're good friends then i'll like start to challenge them more and kind of not bully them but just like make them yeah um more challenger i guess yeah you're not you don't come on strong to people you're getting to know no no i try not to okay well i don't mind if you come on strong to me now because it's pretty hard to offend (laughs) me Um, my wife might disagree (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm curious what number is like your sister she is a seven oh okay Uh, What's a seven? It's like a enthusiast. Yeah. She's like super outgoing, um, kind of sporadic, I guess. Um, but yeah, she can like, yeah, super outgoing and extrovert, has a lot of fun. Mm. 
and they're thinking about joining us, like your sister and your brother-in-law. Yeah. So my sister is married to Andrew, um, Emily and Andrew Cordasco, and they have two little girls. Collins is a little over two years old, and Sailor is about three months old now. Um, and so they're kind of getting ready. I think they've, they're still in the process of applying through Reliant and through all that stuff. Um, but they have committed to coming over and hopefully it's looking kind of like January, 2022 on when they would be able to come over. Mm. Um, so that's super exciting and something that like, I'm definitely looking forward to. Interesting. Are they like, has your sister been in ministry before then? Yeah, so like I said, they met at the Kanakuk Institute, um, and then and after they got married, after that year, um, Andrew was a youth group pastor at um, a church in Kansas City, and then him and Emily were actually planning on moving overseas to Guatemala um, hmm. to be with this family. Um, I kind of have a long story about them that I won't get into, Yeah. Um, but they were going over there to live with um, just. Uh, their two kids actually both got sick with cancer at the same time and so they had to move back to the United States and so Emily and Andrew couldn't go over there um, to help them in Guatemala and then they just kind of decided that that might not be the right spot for them right now God kind of closed that door and then they got pregnant and so they moved back home to my hometown of Scott City and he's the assistant pastor of discipleship there Um, and so they're just kind of sitting there he's they're they're there until that they never knew that they never think thought that they were going to be there long term okay. just kind of like an interim process um, and so they're there until they probably come over um, in January fair enough um, cool alright I have one more question and then I'll let you go awesome uh, what is um, what is a characteristic of God that is really sticking out to you right now and why yeah. Um, so I think I've been reading through the Old Testament pretty quick. I'm trying to read through the Bible in five weeks. And so I just read through Job. Um, and all throughout Job, you just get a lot of, um, I don't know, wailing and crying out. And Job's like, I don't deserve this, da 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 da. And then right, right kind of at the end, like God finally replies to Job. And he just like goes off on him. He's like, Were you there when I created the world, when I laid the foundation? Like, can you mm. command the seeds to stop? Can you command the thunder to come in? Mm. Um, I would just say God's power and, like, mm. just the amount of omnipotence that he has to do everything is, like, the characteristic that's really been sticking out to me. Mm. Um, like, he has the power to do whatever he wants to um, make, make the seas stop and part the waters. Like, just his power, is, and that's something that I forget a lot. Like, just how powerful God is and what... Um, he's like allowing us to do here uh, as humans just living on the earth that he created hmm. yeah particularly in Job that's really poignant yeah. but yeah that is really sweet Well, um, yeah thanks for joining in Bo I had a lot of fun listening to you and I'm really glad to get to know you too because I think you come off shy uh, at least at <laughs> first but I don't think when you're when you get familiar i don't think you're shy i could be yeah. wrong yeah we'll see i uh just coming in i didn't know anybody and so i was trying not to make a big presence or it's it's better to have sometimes no publicity is good publicity rather than uh, bad publicity um so that's probably what i was doing for most of the first couple weeks but as i get to know people more and more i probably become off a little bit stronger i didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings in the first few weeks that i knew him gotcha you'll just wait until we're stressed out (laughs) in month three yeah that's cool all right well thanks for joining and uh we'll uh talk again for sure yeah i appreciate you calling you hey thanks for tuning in everybody appreciate it um, hope you enjoyed talking with Bo, hearing a little bit about his story. As far as the next couple of podcasts, I think I'm going to take another break. Uh, the last two I've done over Zoom, and maybe you can tell by the quality. But it's just 
for me, it's not the same as actually talking to people face to face and realize it's very draining to try and keep everything up and stuff. So, yeah, I'll post maybe sometime in the future. I want to get through at least five more interviews, intro interviews, and then maybe I can take some creative adventures into certain topics. So, thanks. Enjoy your day.